Hello and welcome back to episode Walker. Help me out. What episode is this this season? Uh, eight, nine, eight, nine, nine somewhere around nine, there. We're, nine. We are eight or nine episodes into season two of the Texas Private School podcast. Time is flying by and it's hard to believe. But as always, I am one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. As always, I am joined by my two friends, Walker Lott in College Station and Ryan Schroeder in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Walker, I'll turn to you as I always do. How are everything in College Station? What are your thoughts on the last week of Texas Private School football? I mean, it's doing good. You know, private school football was really fun and exciting this last week. Uh, being in college, you know, is always good fun. Uh, a little stressful right now because it's around midterm season right now, but it's going good. Loving life. All that. Oh, 100%. Finances is kicking my tail, and so are all my other classes. Ryan, uh, is, it, is it midterm season in Stillwater, or how, how are things going there? Yeah, we got midterms. We got papers. I mean, we got a good football team over here, too. Oh, oh, no, I'm fine. We beat, we beat Alabama. You can't yeah, say anything. Yeah, you can tell me so nothing. We beat, we beat Texas, so I'm cool. I'm cool. We, beat we should beat number one in the nation. I agree. <laughs> we'll, we'll get off that. Um, Back to private school. No, but, like, we're going to talk about this in, in today's episode, but y'all are going about to hear this pick record. So I'll let Wes take it away on that, though. Funny enough, I'm going to I'm going to limit to everyone to like one or two sentences about your pick records. We have a ton to get through. That's partially because I don't want to hear Ryan quote about going 15 and 0. But as I mentioned, Ryan went 15 and 0 this last week. He leads the podcast by a healthy margin now with 89 and 24 overall. Me and Walker both went 13 and 2, and we are both 82 and 31 overall. Still very respectable. Not happy about being six games off of Ryan. Ryan, give me give me a single sentence on your thoughts on your pick record. Fifteen and zero feels great. Wonderful, Walker. Single sentence about your thoughts on your pick record. Improving. Oh, single word. Even better. I I love the efficiency. Um, I really I'm at a loss for words. I mean, I, I I'm I, I'm happy where I'm at. I'd like to be closer to Ryan, but you know it is what it is. That's recapping our pick records from the last week. Now we move on, as always, into the Texas Private School Podcast Players of the Week for the past week. And on offense, the Texas Private School Offensive Player of the Week is junior running back Ethan Allercamp from Central Texas Christian. In a win against Shirts John Paul II, he had, just take a second to digest this, 37 carries. I can't imagine what that does to a man's body. 383 yards, five touchdowns, as well as just 48 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown on top of that, just because why not? I mean, this is just 37 carries in a game, let alone almost 400 yards and five touchdowns is ridiculous. But, I mean, Walker, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I didn't know it was possible for a human being to carry the ball 37 times in a game. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that stat line, like, I know who was it? The LSU running back got like had like that many carries and had like 280 yards or something like that. Was so it you Fournette? Add, yeah, no, 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 no. The new like this last week, someone oh, broke yeah, yeah. someone broke Fournette's record. No, Fournette had like 280 yards and like 16 carries. That just showed how good he was back in college. But not the point. Uh it's just how crazy the stat line is. You don't like a good day for a running back is over a hundred. When you have 380, like that's insane. That's unheard of. And you add on to that five touchdowns and you know, Hey, let me add on even more. Let me add a receiving touchdown show. I, Hey, I can catch the ball too. I mean, just overall great game for this kid. Shout out to him. 
Yeah, let, let me embarrass all of my all of my receivers and just go grab a receiving touchdown and show you how easy it is on yeah. top of my five rushing touchdowns. But Ryan, I mean, same point to you. This kid has 37 carries, a ridiculous amount of yards, and just six touchdowns casually. Your your thoughts on Aller Camp's performance against Shirts JP2. So he may not be as big as Derrick Henry because there's no one as big as Derrick Henry in this entire TAPS division, but that's okay. Um he does rush for me as Derrick Henry. I'm looking at right now. Derrick Henry has like 35 rushes, 33 rushes like per game on some of his games. Like, I think about how like dominant of a run that offense is and like how crazy of a dominant run that offense is. I mean, they basically ran this kid to the ground is what I'm kind of assuming here. But yeah, that's a crazy stat line. Crazy, you, crazy stat line. You know that oh, ice I mean... bath, that ice bath must be hitting after that game, man. <laughs> oh, you know, God. shout out to that. Either Burning hitting or it's just bro. absolutely torturous. There's no in between. But, but, I mean, just shout out junior running back Ethan Allercamp from Central Texas Christian. Just absolutely ridiculous stat line, and we had to give it to him. The Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week. And now we look at the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week, senior defensive back Gabriel Grubbs from Dallas Christian. In a win versus McKinney Christian, he had six tackles, two tackles for loss, three interceptions and three pass breakups. Oh yeah. In, in the first half, all these stats were in the first half against McKinney. And that's, that's what you're going to see from all these DC players and their stats. All these stats for the rest of the district for their starters are going to be first half stats because they're going to blow everyone out that badly, but to get three interceptions and three PBUs in a half, we rave for guys getting three picks in an entire game. That's what, like, that's been like the benchmark for excellence for our defensive player of the week so far. Three picks in a half. I mean, Walker, that's just crazy. I mean, how, how does Gabriel Grubbs do this? I, I, I mean, I don't know. How am I supposed to answer that? <laughs> uh, I don't know how he does it, but he does it. I mean, he's he's been that guy who's been there for a couple of years now and has always been a big-time name over there. And, I mean, he's just showing to be that senior leader for this team um, and one of those stars on this team. I mean – that's what you expect in a, that big of a leader for that team. And he's shown it uh, another week. Um, and probably I'm not going to be surprised if he has the same around the round, the same stat line next week. So no, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a take for that grace game that we'll get into later. Ryan. I mean, the, the air force commit just balls out in this game. What, what, what do you have any additional thoughts on it? I, I think this is insane. Honestly, you're completely right about the whole thing about DC not even having these guys play in the second half. They're literally going to put in their bench so that they could practice to play this exact same position in three years down the line or two years down the line. Like it, it, it's so crazy how these guys can do this at DC and, it, and it's definitely just like a normal thing there. It's a normal thing for them to like basically just be this good, but three interceptions is not normal and, 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 and not in the first half. So I think he's, uh, you know, the bar right. The bar is here for every school's defenders. The bar at DC is right here. The bar for Gabriel Grubb is just <laughs> right up here. He just wants to excel that every single time. No guys having three interceptions in the first half. That's unreal. So big shout. No, out. I mean it's just a ridiculous effort from the senior defensive back. So shout out Gabriel Grubb. Shout out Ethan Allercamp, our Texas Private School Podcast Players of the Week. And before I get on to the other, uh, to last week's matchups, just really quickly a couple points. I mentioned the reason that Walker kind of jabbed with me about the next week's game is I will be at Grace this Friday. So it'll probably be the day after you're seeing this. I'll be covering Dallas Christian playing at Grace. So I'm excited to go back to my hometown and cover that game. I think it's, it's going to be a football game. 
Um, and also, he, you mentioned the bar for DC defenders is is this high. I mean, I there was a comment in on one of our last posts that I'm remembering that said DC. Um, I need to see I, the guy that I, the I DM back and forth with the guy that that told me this, but he said that DC literally spends like three hours a day on defense alone only defense and you you look at the way they play and it's not really surprising because they're so dominant mostly from a defensive standpoint john gafford john gafford is who commented that so uh thank you john you give a lot of great information through my dms and a lot of comments in your videos so shout out for you for that but that's that's not surprising at all i mean they're just very dominant but now we move on into talking about last week's games matchups the first being Fort Worth Nolan Catholic, who we will actually be talking about later. Um, you want to stick around for that at Fort Worth All Saints. And it is a 29 to 7 win for Nolan in this one. It was only 8 to 7 going into the half, but Nolan won this one in the second half, scoring 21 unanswered and a very comfortable victory. A uh, junior uh, quarterback, Cole Matsuda, went 8 for 11 with four passing touchdowns for the Vikings, throwing a couple touchdowns each to junior wide receiver Jaden Burnett and senior receiver Trey Parks Vinson, who had 113 receiving yards on four catches. On the defensive side of the ball, senior um, senior Cal commit Curly Thomas had a sack and seven QB hurries, and Trammell Winham had an interception. Dalton Sager led the team in tackles with 13. So, Walker, I mean, it's a 29-7 win for Nolan. It's a win that's kind of expected for Nolan, considering how they performed to this up to this point in the season. What are your thoughts on this game as a whole and on the Nolan season so far? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, as they say, the team out West is what Nolan calls all saints over there. And I mean, they handed them pretty easily. I mean, for how good of a team Nolan is as expected, but holding that kind of really good all saints offense uh, to only seven points is very, very impressive. Um, I want to give a shout out to Brant Alfinger. I mean, I love that guy. I think he's one of the best running backs in taps, if I'm being completely honest. 24 carries, 130 yards, had a great game. And it's going to be interesting. Someone's going to have to let me know if any All Saints fans watch this. What happened to your quarterback? Because it says it's Javon Williams, 15 to 38 for 115. And I believe it was Parker Clark last year. And I know Haas, your backup, transferred to Alito. And I know... Robert Sanders is now kind of, I feel like he's just playing defense. So like what, what made y'all's decision kind of going with the wide receiver turned out quarterback. Someone's got to have to let me know. Cause that's very interesting. But I mean, this, this Nolan team is like, they love doing the two quarterback system of him and Cole and TJ. Uh, and they just have talent. I mean, that's just always how it is. They have really good players and they're, those players are balling out. So no, without a doubt. That's a good point. If any um, if any All Saints fans watch this, please let us know because that situation is incredibly interesting and we would like to know. It would make our jobs a lot more efficient. Ryan, 29-7 win for Nolan. Um, and it's like we mentioned, an expected win for Nolan. Your thoughts on this game? Yeah, obviously, you know, I picked Nolan in this game. Um, and I, I really thought that it was going to be a lot different. I mean, honestly, I thought this game was really going to be um, just a blowout. And when I see eight, seven and a half, I, I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, what am I wrong? Like, you know, it's like, is this all Saints team really all that? But like I, like I say, sometimes for, the, like for this, it's like, 
those locker room talks can change a whole team kind of thing. Like if, if a team goes in the locker room and hears their coach yelling at them like that, like they can turn it up if they, if they know that they're a top dog kind of thing. So I think Nolan Catholic kind of just got scared into it. Like don't lose to your Fort Worth rival. Like you got to come out and beat them. Right. So um, I think that was a big thing for Nolan Catholic. And I, I really, I'm really glad to see that, you know, they were able to turn it on the second half. Uh, I mean, it really shows that they're a dominant force in D1. No, you bring up a good point. I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Bowden went in and lit a fire under all their rear ends at halftime, just looking at the first half score contrasted with the second half score. But 29-7 win for Nolan, a win that I think Nolan needed to get to continue their run through this district, and especially in light of some other news that we will hit on later. But game number two, Houston St. Thomas played at San Antonio Antonian Prep. And yet again, a common phrase, as expected, St. Thomas earns a comfortable 35-14 victory in one of two Houston-San Antonio matchups from the past week. Uh, Jake Wright is still that dude. I mean, he's putting up eye-popping numbers week in and week out, throwing for 345 yards and four touchdowns in this one. And that's just – that's something we've come to expect from Jake Wright. He puts up these numbers almost every week, and it's almost becoming just – it's expected of him at this point. Uh, familiar names, Cam Price and Joe Rick Madden caught one and two touchdowns respectively, while sophomore Luke Edgecombe snagged a touchdown as well. And also, this is a point I wanted to make because I saw it on Twitter and I saw it again while I was doing my prep for this episode. With uh, with this past game going for 198 receiving yards, Cam Price now leads the entire state, public and private, in receiving yards with 1,059 yards through eight games, averaging 132 a game. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, you got to take your hat off to the kid. I mean, leading not only private, but public and private schools. I mean, the kid is a ridiculous talent and has proven to be Wright's favorite target up to this point. So tremendous job, Cam Price. Congratulations from all of us. But uh, Johan Cardenas uh, led St. Thomas on the ground with 116 yards and a touchdown. The Eagle defense also recorded six sacks here, along with junior Caleb Davis getting an interception. As for Antonian, not a ton pops out to me stat-wise, and I think the final score can, can talk to that. Junior Ricky Gonzalez had 74 yards receiving and a touchdown. But other than that, this was really just a dominant effort from St. Thomas. So, Walker, St. Thomas, a comfortable 35-14 victory. It's a victory that they needed to get to keep rolling. Your thoughts on this Houston-San Antonio matchup? Yeah, I actually pulled for the upset for Antonio to win this, and I was very wrong again on my upsets. I should not keep picking. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think – as Houston St. Thomas has cemented themselves still as that number two team in that South uh, district. And, you know, they've always been good and how it's very impressive because, you know, last year they had Maddox cop and you had uh, Cameron Bonner, Drake Martinez, you had all these talented dudes and you would think, Hey, maybe they would take a step back. And I mean, yes, they were maybe not that first in district right now, but they're still a great team and have that passing attack that they've always had. And it's very, very impressive to see, hey, no matter who we got out there, we still got the guys to go out and play and dominate. No, without a doubt. And they barely took a step back because they only lost by four to Central Catholic, who will probably end up winning or who will end up winning that district. So we'll see. I mean, it's just that um, that D1 District 2 race is going or not. How all that shakes out is going to be interesting is what I'm trying to say. But 
Ryan, uh, St. Thomas at Antonian Prep, your thoughts on the 35-14 victory for St. Thomas? You know, this is what I've kind of been saying, and when we go over rankings later, we'll be able to go into more of this, but I really do feel like there is a drop-off at a certain point in those D1 rankings because you kind of hit an edge where you're like, okay, every team under this scenario is just not that great. And I think Antonian Prep um, kind of sits on that line for me a little bit. I mean, I know that they're in our top 10, but you got to realize that and, and they're, they're, they're a little bit like up. They're not at 10, like they're a little bit up than that. So you kind of have to realize that like, you know, these teams that are that are like just a couple spots above them could be miles ahead of them in, in competition just because they just, that's just how they play. And D1 is just not a very big division in general, right? So um, Houston State Thomas, I, I've been high on them. And honestly, I would, I mean, it, it, we'll talk about rankings in a second. I don't know why I keep getting this, but I just know that Houston State Thomas and San Antonio Prep aren't on the same level, even though they could be close to each other in rankings. Yeah, I agree. I do think there's a big drop off after our number seven spot in our rankings with Midland Christian. I think there's a significant drop off between them and Antonio and St. Pius and Lynch. But that's something we'll get into later when we break down our rankings. But Houston State Thomas, 35-14 victory over Antonian Prep. Game number three, the Woodlands Christian Academy playing at Houston Second Baptist. This was a surprisingly close game throughout the contest. But it, we saw Second Baptist take a mere 20-17 to 17 lead into the fourth. They end up winning eventually 34-23. Junior running back Rourke Hawkins, who I watched in person, versus Fort Bend, very talented kid. He really kept the Woodlands in this game on the ground taking 20 rushes for 173 yards and a couple touchdowns. And also Josh Johnson got 90 yards on the ground and the Woodlands other touchdown. Uh, Second Baptist hasn't posted their stats. There is no website that links me to them. But, I mean, in with a deficit of stats from Second Baptist, Walker, with the best we can come to, I mean, TWCA stayed in this game for a long time. And it was a game that I expected – that second Baptist would blow their doors off. What do you think happened to where they only beat the Woodlands by 11? I don't know. It's a very interesting concept. Is TWCA that good and that they're, they're not as far away as to second Baptist as they, I, we thought they were, or what, what really is it? Cause, or was it just not a good outing by second Baptist as they should have been? Maybe they were, just shocked by how they played. It's it's a very interesting game of how close it was to the end. And I believe what was it? Uh, what was the last? What was the final score? Uh, twenty three something. Thirty four twenty three. Okay, so like they they ended up kind of falling away. Uh, you know, eleven point lead in the game, but like still very close game late into the fourth. It, you have to you now you have to wonder how good is that Fort Bend Christian game versus second Baptist is going to be at the end of the season because we've been saying like we have, I think what we have second Baptist will show their ranking in a bit, but like we have them ranked high and we have Fort Bend kind of in the middle right now. And if how, I mean, Fort Bend blew out TWCA and then this was a closer game. So like our rankings wrong, I guess we're going to have to find out because that's going to be a game we have to go watch because that's going to be a great game in Houston. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm I might alter I might end up altering my pick uh, to to come out of the South region in D2. We'll, we'll get in more into that later. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts on the on second Baptist taking a narrow victory over the Woodlands? You know, I mean, 
I think what we have to realize here is just like Houston Second Baptist, which they should not have done, by the way. This is I'm not saying this is the right aspect at all to take, but they probably just took the idea that they're good and that they can beat a team at home because they think they're strong. And, and I feel like this was kind of just a game where they thought they were just going to run it and then like and they were going to run the table. And then they kind of got scared and had to push it on at the end kind of thing. So I don't think this is Houston Second Baptist football. I don't think this is a good representation of how they play. And we'll talk about it later, but I, I honestly think this is not the right – this is not the team that you know is Houston Second Baptist. And maybe Woodlands Christian played well themselves, but this is just not Houston Second Baptist football. Um, I think they're a lot better than that. And, and, they'll, and they'll they'll turn on their horse when it comes playoff time for sure. Like they'll, they'll, they'll uh, really turn it on for sure. No, I agree. You, you got to wonder, is Second Baptist looking ahead – are they looking at or were they looking ahead to that Lutheran South matchup that's going to be this week? Were they looking a little farther ahead to Fort Bend Christian and trying to see how they could win those games? And they look the did they overlook the Woodlands or are the Woodlands Second Baptist just that close talent-wise? We'll see. There's there's a little bit of season left for us to figure those types of questions out. But now we move into our fourth game. This was Lubbock Trinity Christian at Lubbock Christian. And this was a game I was very wrong on. I thought Lubbock Trinity was going to win. Turns out Lubbock Christian won the battle for Lubbock Supremacy. They won it 22-10. Uh, what stands out from this game is quarterback Dax Townsend runs for all three Eagles touchdowns. This pushes Lubbock Christian to 4-1 in district, and it really primes them incredibly well for a deep playoff run. So, Walker, I mean, Lubbock Christian beats – uh, Trinity, I don't remember who you picked. Ryan obviously picked Lubbock because he went undefeated. But, I mean, your thoughts on Lubbock winning and the position this puts them in to move into the playoffs. Uh, I was with you on this one, man, and I, I was on the wrong end of it. Ha-ha, <laughs> ha-ha, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, we thought – I thought uh, Trinity was just a little bit better than I expected. But, I mean, Lubbock, I guess, is still the main dog up there in uh, that area. So, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I think, I think it also shows maybe we have like it's very interesting to D three. The rankings are so hard to do for D three because you think teams are lower for how they play in the people in their region, and then you know everyone beats it. It's just is insane. It's insane, man. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to one guy when I was looking and in, looking into this team uh, for Lubbock Trinity. The 6'4 athlete uh, Marcus Ramon Edwards. He's six four two twenty. He says 23 junior. Um, he looks really, he's a really, really good athlete. He's one of those stars right there for Trinity. Um, I didn't say his name last, last week when we were talking about this game. So I wanted to mention him now. He looks like a very good kid. He, he's cold on the football field and the basketball court. So, I mean, that dual sport kid, very, very fun to watch. No, without a doubt. I mean, moving forward, look at Christian has, Trinity Christian, Willow Park, and they have Lake Country Christian. So those are two games that they should win, which will make them, what, 6-1 in district. They win district. So, I mean, if, if they take care of business, that really primes them for that number one seed going into the D3, D4 playoffs. Ryan, I mean, your thoughts on this 20-10 victory and Lubbock Christians placing themselves as a whole? Yeah, I, I remember I said last week, it's just like, this was probably such a cool game in Lubbock. I would have loved to kind of like, you know, you know, learn more about it and learn more about that rivalry that's there because, I mean, you don't really have that anywhere else for when it comes to this kind of, um, you know, the, the Christian Christian school battle in Lubbock. I mean, this is this is it, right? So, um, great, great, uh, great game. And obviously, you know, I had I had faith in the Lubbock Christian. Where, 
where can I get a love it Christian hat? You know, that's what I'm saying. You get a St. Pius hat, I need my love it Christian hat at this point. Um, but no, honestly, I, I, I wanted to, you know, you mentioned the basketball guy. I, I like to think of it as like the TikToks that I see where the football coach is walking through the hallway and he sees the basketball kid and goes, are you? Are you six four two? You want to come play football? You want to come play football? And then he ends up going to the cup, doing a couple of workouts and all kind of stuff. I mean, honestly, it, I, I would love to see how he plays out. He said a twenty. He's a twenty three player, twenty twenty three. Yeah, we'll see what he does uh, this year in basketball, and then we'll see what he does next year in football too. I'm I'm excited to see what uh, Lubbock Trinity Christian can produce with him. So yeah, good good win for Lubbock Christian though. No, without a doubt. I mean, huge win for Lovett Christian. Primes them very well for a deep playoff run. Now moving into our final game from the week, we saw Dallas St. Mark's play at Houston St. John's. And St. John's just continues its run of absolute dominance through SBC 4A. And they just blitzed St. Mark's here, 49-10. to 10. Quarterback John Purdue throws a couple touchdowns for the Mavs here, one to freshman Cole Allen and another to junior Pierce Levitt. I mean, the bigger thing was John Purdue rushed for more than he passed in this game, going for 177 yards on the ground and three touchdowns, averaging over nine yards per carry as a quarterback, which is, I mean, I hate to make this comparison because it's, it's low-hanging fruit, but it's Johnny Manziel numbers. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, defensively, junior Blake Masterson had a couple tackles for loss, and Dax Garza snags himself an interception. I mean, I really do think it's time to ask: Is is Saint Mark's a fraud? Were they were they a fraud this year? I mean, they started off very strong, and now it's starting to seem like eh, they they might not be as good as they were. But I mean, Walker, your thoughts on this game as a whole and the question I just raised? I mean, they've lost the St. John's who's six and no, seven and zero, and Kincaid who's six and two. So they lost they, very like, badly. They agreed. So they're maybe like you know we have them. I I forgot what we have them at the top right now, but yes, I don't think they're as high as we have them, but I still think they're a good team, and I think they're higher up in SPC. But yeah, they might not be as high as we expected them to be this earlier in the season. But I will. I want to say this. That was my mortal luck of the week was Houston St. John's. And John Purdue DM'd me and said, thanks for the respect on the lock. We got you covered before the game. And then after the game, he said, had to get the lock for you. And that's how you do it. <laughs> that's and clutch. That is how you do it. You know, you know, I made we made the mistake earlier in the season to doubt these guys. And I, I'm not doubting these guys again. I got they got my back, I got theirs. And that's how it is. Uh shout out to those Houston St. John's guys. Keep it going, bros. Yeah, no, I don't think they forgot that I called them a, quote, middle-of-the-road SBC team, uh, like episode one or two. And, you know, I mean, shout out, use the motivation. I mean, I'm not picking against you until you prove me wrong. So now that that initiative is on you to keep winning. But, I mean, Ryan, St. John's just absolutely demolishes St. Mark's in this game. Your thoughts on that game? And also the same question I raised, Walker, is is St. Mark's a little bit of a fraud? You know, I I think what we're going to realize here is – is really that this 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 is uh this is a really really good St. John's team that we're that we're talking about this week and we'll get into their matchup which is this week. I mean it, it is it ha- it has to be the game of the week for what it is. It's it's a really really good matchup, but we'll get into that later. When I see St. Mark's here though, like yes, they start out 4-0. They go forward country day. They beat they beat them by 19. A little closer win against Cistercian. They blow out Green Hill and they play Louisville Founders Classical Academy. Literally the worst team in all of high school football. <laughs> um, but I mean, I 
I, I think what you have to realize here is, yes, Kincaid is still a good team. Uh, Houston St. Thomas is a great team. Um, they're going to get a win against Episcopal. Honestly, they are going to get a win against Episcopal next year. So uh, next week, so they're probably going to end up finishing, if I can do my math right here, six and three. So not a horrible season for St. Mark's. They kind of had a cakewalk with some of their non-district games, but we won't get into that. To be honest with you, I, I honestly just feel like, you know, it, it just makes sense for it, it. In my head, it makes sense for how they play. It, it, it's a St. Mark's season that I would have probably expected if I'm if I'm looking into it. So. Um, good win for uh, St. John's, and we'll talk about them more later. Yeah, I mean, no, for sure. I mean, I just I, – I think St. Mark's, they started off really strong against lesser teams, and they just they, – they got blitzed by two really, really good teams. I mean, I don't think it's anything to be faulted very heavily for. But, I mean, shout out St. John's. I, they're looking like they're in a really good place to run SBC 4A, and we'll see. They have a huge matchup with ESD coming up that we will preview at the end of this episode. But before that – we, we my oh my do we have some other news to talk about uh i guess first we'll start with the elephant in the room um a report just dropped that fort worth nolan football has to forfeit three of their wins which drops them out of a tie for the lead in district one or division one district one and i mean this just went off like a bombshell on twitter the other day of course everyone from nolan nolan has done nothing wrong i mean everything that they did is right taps is out to get them uh everyone that hates nolan says nolan is is cheating scum they they, they've always been doing this yada 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 i mean i'm not going to add a lot of personal commentary before i give it to y'all but i mean this has happened in taps before People have to forfeit wins. And just I'll, I'll give some – let me give some context really quickly. It's because no one submitted paperwork for some transfers, but they didn't get them approved in time, but they got approved eventually. That's about as clear as I can make it for you because it's not very clearly presented to us in any articles. But, I mean, obviously the, the big news here, Nolan has to forfeit two district wins against Midland and Lynch. And that now makes in up the updated standings. Um, Nolan is now two and two in district. Lynch is also two and two. Midland is now three and one. And I forget how the standings shake out, but I think that would put them one game behind Parrish for the that lead. Would, that would make sense uh, unless Preston Wood is above them too. Yeah, well, Parrot then Preston's only lost one, so they're both like three and one. Um, yeah, but I mean. Walker, I'll give it to you first. I mean, listen, there's a lot, and I mean a lot of of opinions on this. Um, what are your thoughts on Nolan having to forfeit these wins? And also, before you get into it, we've all been around taps for a long time, and we know how recruiting works. So just just talk on that a little bit. It's a very <laughs> slippery slope to talk about this. Um, I think the the it is never wrong in any case if a kid from another school wants to come to another school to better his future and better where he is going to school if a kid wants to go to a school like nolan catholic or any other school and say hey you know what i want to better my life i want to better my future and i think nolan catholic is a place to be i think there's nothing wrong with that and you see a lot of times that's where a lot of kids come into these private schools to get a better education to get a better environment um yeah i I, i'm so i don't i have a lot of opinions on this but it's hard to truly say without hearing it because you i will say a lot of people are seeing like this article i kind of only says one side i would love to hear a statement from taps and hear what they have to say 
Because, I mean, this is a very interesting, from how the article sounds, it kind of looks like Taps kind of just messed up a little bit. Or the wording between people got misinformed and something went wrong. I would love for Taps to come out and say something about it. That's the biggest thing. Because if Taps comes out and says, this is what happened, then maybe that gives us more light and sees both sides of the story. And that's what I want to hear before I make a true opinion on this. Because as everyone knows, there's two sides of every story. And I would love to hear the second side of the story from Taps and see what they feel and what, what they thought actually happened. So, I mean, listen, I'm going to drop a bunch of knowledge that I don't think anyone, anyone has ever figured in Taps before. Everyone competitive in Taps. Everyone. Everyone, if your team is competitive, maybe not D3, D4 schools, if your team is a competitive Division One and some Division Two schools, they recruit. It's it's It was a dirty secret for a long time. I don't think it's even a secret anymore. It's just – now, if you can say that's right or wrong, that's on you. A lot of people think it's destroying taps. You can look at schools like Bishop Dunn and Trinity Christian Cedar Hill. You could use those two schools as case studies to prove that argument. A lot of schools have, have been completely fine recruiting and getting away with it. I'm not here to say whether it's right or wrong. I'm here to say all the competitive schools do it. It's a fact. It's out there. All the competitive schools will pretend like they don't do it because they know if they come out in the open, TAPS is going to whack them. I think TAPS just needs to have a more clear set of rules and punishments for what happens if you recruit. Because at this point, this just kind of seems like TAPS picking and choosing who they ball on a bust and when they want to bust them. I mean, yeah. it just it, it doesn't seem clear and and just like a unanimous guideline but far be it from taps to ever have anything like really clear uh, ryan we we go i want to i want to say adding on to that of like making examples out of people you know you see that sometimes in uil too because a lot of people from different high schools transfers to other different public schools just from knowing knowledge like you see it all the time and then all of a sudden you see oh a uh, some people go to a different school for certain reasons and they get out, they get taken out for a year. I mean, uh, for an Aggie example, Demond Demas got, when he transferred from inner city Houston, North forest to Tomball, his senior year, he, for, you know, wanting a better environment for schooling and education, he got ruled, uh, now nah, you can't play your senior year. And that, he, and they wanted to make an example out of a five-star weighted wide receiver, one of the best players in Texas. I mean, basketball, I mean, the other day, right. Uh, the guy going to Duncanville, correct? Anthony Black wanted to go to Duncanville, and they he he bounced around from a couple different places. He he what's it called? He used to be at Capel, um, and he basically said he was going to go play with Keontae at uh, at their whatever that school, I school, Louisville I school, and then Keontae said he was going to go play at IMG in Florida. So then AB had to go find another school to play at, and he decided he was going to go play at Duncanville with Ron Holland and all the famous people at Duncanville. And then basically UIL said, nope, bro, you're, you're not good. Like we're going to, we're going to make sure that you can't play this year. So you see it, it happens a lot of times in UIL. Um, but I feel like UIL does a better job of it somewhat to limit kids from just going for athletic purposes. And that's the biggest thing. If it's a kid, you same thing in public for or private when they transfer, if it's for the better 
environment for the kid and better future for the kid, that's never a problem. But if it's straight for athletic purposes, that's where it's kind of the issue. And you see it in UIL and UIL doesn't do a perfect job for it, but I would say it does a better job of it than I guess TAPS does at the moment. UIL has a much heavier hand. I mean, I, I've always called TAPS the Wild West. I mean, there is no strong set of guidelines. There is no Ten Commandments that, that guides all of TAPS. It, there's not. People make up the rules as they go and just kind of like, well, we're going to do this until TAPS tells us otherwise. 99% of the time, TAPS never tells anyone otherwise. That's just how it happens. I mean, it, it is what it is. I um. I'll say I used to be a lot, lot more against recruiting and it'd make me a lot more angry. Like when I was playing with all the Cedar Hill stuff, I know for a fact it did both of y'all as well. I mean, it just sent me through the roof. It got me so wound up now. I mean, and it like, is what it is. And the thing about that though, I, I don't want to give my personal opinions too much, but the thing about that though is when they kicked them out was not during when they were doing it, but after they said, you know what, we're yeah, leaving so, taps. And yeah, that's when they kicked that. them out. That's when you're like, okay, what, where, where was this earlier? It's because well, it, 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 Taps is trying to save face, and Cedar Hill is like, oh, we're going to leave. We're being treated unfairly. And Taps didn't want the narrative to be that Cedar Hill left. Taps wanted the narrative to be that Taps kicked Cedar Hill out so they could save face and get a little bit of glory back whenever that happened. But go, Ryan, talk about it really quickly, and then we'll get off yeah. Cedar Hill. No, I mean, honestly, I won't even go that much to death, but they love having the fact that they had Dion. Are you kidding me? Like, Dion was a big name that they had and stuff like that. Like, yeah. they wanted the fact that they had this school, and like with Dion Sanders and all that kind of stuff. They didn't care. They didn't care about any of the rest of the stuff. They liked the flashy names. They liked the guys that came in to play with Dion, right? Like that was cool the taps at the time. And I'm not going to get any more in depth than that because that's just how it was. But if I could talk about what I was going to say is going back to my Anthony Black demonstration, when we could talk about UIL and stuff like that, Anthony Black 100% moved around for sport. There's, there's no way you can change in my mind that he didn't move around for sport. He moved from a safe area of Coppell, uh, Texas, where like it's a pretty good area to live in to then just basically transferring to a, a prep school that was like uh, immediately just to play with Keontae George. The school was started by Keontae George's like uncle or something like that, right? And then Keontae says he's going to leave. So then he wants to go to Duncanville. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I hope everyone understands here. Duncanville is not the, not the safest part of Texas to live in kind of thing, right? So he's not leaving. He's not leaving anywhere to go to anywhere without the idea of it being sports. That is so true. And that's such an obvious example of that, right? He didn't, he didn't go to Duncanville to get a better education. He didn't go to it. That's, that's obvious, right? I think what UIL has set up is a great way of doing this. You have to have set rules. You have to have set restrictions and you have to be, I, I, this is going to sound like really ruthless, but you have to be able to have the power to just shut down big players. I mean, you have to be able to go in there and be like, Hey, I, I realize that this, this school is doing the wrong thing and I have to be able to shut it. You can't just play like the whole, like, Oh, I want everyone to be friends with me kind of thing. Like I'm not going to hurt anybody. And part of the reason why I go back to Walker here is like, if, if we just heard, a statement from taps about their side of the story. I mean, imagine how much stuff would be clearer. Imagine how many more things would be clear about the situation. If just taps like came out with their own statement, right? You're not going to get one. I know that's that. That's, that's how they've never been. They've never been this. And we'll never know the full side of the story because 
we'll never hear anything from Taps. So whether you agree with Nolan Catholic, whether you just disagree with Nolan Catholic, it doesn't matter. The whole factor of all this is, is just the fact that Taps doesn't give anyone any information at all at any time. Like that's that has been the problem for years on end ever since we were in high school. I mean, it's literally just all wrap with this. It's just he said, she said. I mean, yeah, no. Nolan, Nolan is saying, the direct quote is saying they had the paperwork in on time. And they say, this is another direct quote from the article. They said that they were told they should play those players because, quote, a hang up in paperwork shouldn't cause any problems. Obviously, Taps probably isn't going to agree with that or else Taps is completely in the wrong. But, I mean, to, to save us from talking for another hour on this, we'll see if anything else comes of this taps isn't going to release a statement but if they do we'll talk about it but we'll see i mean the biggest issue is now this completely shakes up the division one district one playoff seedings but if nolan is as good as we think they are i don't think it's going to matter that much just because i think they'll they'll blitz everyone anyways until they get to like the final four i mean yeah like it might make it a little tougher for nolan to play a little bit more more games but maybe one more round than they would have I mean, I think now, like, you you see it on Twitter everywhere, Nolan versus the world, and that's how their mindset is. And, I mean, I for, for how good of a Nolan team it already is, having a team now that they are like, it's us against the world, we, like, no matter what, that's scary. I mean, being I, absolutely real. It, I, I forgot. Isn't that yeah. what I texted y'all? I literally texted y'all. I said, oh, my gosh, they're going to have, like, a, a, a bounty on just everyone's head to the point where they feel like they need to make a statement. So until we're I, I forgot I, w- I was gonna mention that I mean taps taps has done a horrible horrible thing to all these other uh d1 schools <laughs> because now they've given they've given Nolan who oh. is arguably the best team in the district a chip on their shoulder yeah. why why do they need more Ta- I, I don't know taps I mean, is probably they, just- that's the thing they want to win state so where taps has to give them the trophy and that's going to be, that's petty. Oh, oh my gosh, I didn't that's even think crazy. About that. That's crazy. I mean, listen, we'll, we'll get off of that subject now, but that's going to be, that that's going to be really interesting moving forward. We literally just got finished recording our episode like 10 minutes ago. And this news broke literally within that time frame. Fort Worth Nolan Catholic has fired their athletic director and suspended their football coach, Coach Bowden, um, amid all of this recruiting all these recruiting scandals, um, basically some rundown very quickly. Um, Fort Worth Nolan Taps said that Nolan uh, played with ineligible uh, players. Um, they had to forfeit two district games, so which dropped them out of a tie with Parish for first in district. Um, Taps claimed that Nolan didn't get paperwork in in time. Nolan claims that it wasn't in time. Um, this news right now, this is probably a lot bigger than paperwork. There is probably a lot more going on here. You do not fire an athletic director and indefinitely suspend a foot, head football coach for late paperwork. Um, just Walker, what? I mean, we've all scanned the article. What are your quick thoughts on this? Because this is insane. There, there has to be more to the story. First of all, there's, there's no, like. Like I, there were people out there saying, "Hey, there's more to the story that has been announced," and there are definitely is more to the story. The fact that you fire athletic director and suspend your head coach after allegations that it seemed like it was not really Nolan Catholic's fault—that it doesn't add up. Something is going on behind the scenes that it just hasn't been announced. That it's going to be very, very interesting to see how it all plays out. But I, I, I mean. It's it's shocking. It it is absolutely shocking 
this news has come out this quickly. Just really quickly, this has to be a gigantic deal because <clears throat> no one is still going to be in contention for a state championship. They just indefinitely suspended their head coach, who is a vital part to that team, which will significantly hurt their chances moving forward in the playoffs. Ryan, I haven't turned to you yet. I mean, this news is just insane to break when it did. Uh, just what are your quick thoughts on it? Yes, yeah, I kind of want to explain myself real quick. I, we literally got off the podcast. <laughs> I, I immediately headed over to my girlfriend's house, and I was like, I get a text from uh, Walker saying, did you hear what just happened? And it literally was like 10 minutes since we got off the podcast. So um, you're going to listen to the podcast when it comes out this week, and you're going to hear our opinions and stuff like that on it. And just know that's prior to this coming out, like all that kind of stuff. And it's still good to hear our opinions on the situation prior to it. So you can kind of gain both perspectives kind of thing. But it's it's totally different now. It's totally different. And there's so much more stuff that we didn't know. Um, a precursor to what I said during the episode was the fact that we just needed to hear more from taps on this side of things, but we don't really need to hear from taps at this point. Honestly, it kind of just it basically just needs to come from Nolan Catholic at this point, because Nolan Catholic has basically just shown to us that whatever they were claiming is more than it's, it's more than that. It's, and I don't want to speculate to the point where it could be something like bad, but it, it, it's going to come down to a point where this wasn't just players coming as of like a, of like a, you know, like a, uh, just coming to play for the school. This probably involves some sort of money at this point. I mean, this is this is just absolutely crazy. I mean, the story initially broke by Greg Riddle of the Dallas Morning News. It states that um that that the AD is going to be replaced by interim current assistant athletic director. Coach Bowden's duties have been assigned to interim Nolan strength and conditioning coach and defensive coach KJ Williams. Um, the basically it is said we have the highest confidence in Mr. Farda and Mr. Williams moving forward this season. Does that mean that Williams is taking over Bowden's duties for the rest of the season? Now, moving forward, this season can be read a lot of different ways. I'm guessing that Nolan's only going to take this for a few games. Worst case scenario, what if Bowden is done for the season at Nolan? What does this mean for a team that really, really thinks that they can compete for a TAP State Championship? I mean, either of y'all, what are your thoughts on Bowden potentially being done for the season? I mean, that's a huge loss. Coach Bowden is one of the most, you know, reputable coaches in the state for how good he is at coaching this team for the past couple of years. Um, and I will, I will say this, uh, Coach K.J. Williams has been a very trusted and uh, well-known guy uh, for being that strength and conditioning coach over there for uh, Nolan Calf for the past couple of years. I know he's been a very high, reputable dude. Um, so they have a good guy there no matter what. But, I mean – Losing Coach Bowden, no matter who it is, losing your head coach midseason is a it's a shocking turn of events. And that cloud of what is going on really is going to be over that team for the rest of the season. And it is shocking. Like, I don't this is going to be a big time story for the rest of the year of how, how what just what 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 continues to happen. I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if we have to make another one of these in a couple like a week or a week or so of like what what's going to happen next because yeah i think nolan catholic there's a lot of stuff going on but i would love to hear from taps too i i know you know ryan you said this doesn't really look like it involves taps but i would love to hear from what taps has to say on this because i mean you're you're speaking about parish and nolan are the two biggest teams in private school right now no matter what who it is those are the two biggest teams you're talking about one of your top two biggest teams biggest well-known schools 
loses uh, is sp- suspends their head coach and loses their AD in a span of a week after saying Taps looks like Taps kind of fumbled the bag on it. That's big. You have to understand Taps has to kind of take care of their people, but also lay the like lay the hammer down and be like, this is what happened, and I'm I expect that to happen. No, without a doubt. I mean, this has gone from something that looks like it was just going to be a chip on Nolan's shoulder shoulder to an absolute just tornado of, of garbage coming at Nolan from all directions. I mean, this could be something that makes or breaks a season. That's how big this news is. And plus, first of all, this isn't, to clarify, this isn't TAPS suspending and firing the people at Nolan. This is Nolan doing this internally, which tells you if you've ever seen a college do this, this is a, this is a school trying to cover its own hind end before taps can get to them. Nolan knows it's done something incredibly wrong and it's trying to do everything in its power to punish itself before taps can punish them. And just, I mean, really quickly looking from quotes from the old Dallas morning news article talking about, the initial forfeits, Nolan must have outright lied about this because Bowden said in a quote, we're extremely disappointed. Our athletic director, Jordan Hampton, actually reached out to TAPS leadership to get guidance, and that included the president of TAPS, the vice president, the director of compliance. All of them told us to play those students because, in their words, a delay in paperwork shouldn't hold these kids up. All these kids weren't 100% eligible. They always have been in terms of wrongdoing. It's, It's simply submitted on time. And it says all the paperwork got hung up in taps. Something in that has to be a gigantic lie, like an outright lie. That's the only, because this, the people aren't getting fired and suspended over delayed paperwork. That's just simply not how this works. I mean, Ryan, just what do you think about just everything that's just transpired and what I just read? I, I think what you have to realize is that I want to go back to Walker's point in a, in a second, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention what you said is, yeah, they said a ton of stuff that obviously at this point has to be wrong. Like that is crazy. They they came out and didn't even like, didn't even give a chance the fact that they could be in the wrong. They immediately just pushed every bit of the blame on taps. Well, going back to this, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody that knows private school, private schools knows that this comes from a board of directors at the school. This is a known Catholic board of directors. And we all have one at our schools. You have a headmaster who's over basically the entire school. And then you have a board of directors who is over basically just people that have been appointed over time, donors, all that kind of stuff. These are the people that basically run the school, which means crazily enough, the known Catholic donors and maybe even the Catholic church that's associated with Nolan, assuming that they have something like that associated with them, uh, probably just, basically just like you know did exactly what you said they could they're covering up their tracks i not to go down the line but when oklahoma state started doing stuff where they started like you know trying to i, I don't know whether the whole oklahoma state thing with like Cade last year and like figuring out all the whether we we're going to be eligible or not for like the playoffs and all that uh, stuff like that and any team before is this is a great example it's just teams trying to cover their own butt so they don't that they don't get a horrible suspension i think what you have to realize here is that it's it's bigger. It's bigger than what we'll see. And I actually take back what I said. I would love for Taps to say something. I, I mean, I said that in the episode, but it just makes more sense at this point. Everyone's kind of going to be leaning toward their side at this point now. I mean, if you know, because if no one thinks that they did something wrong to the point where they would fire people and 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 do all that, then that's what it is. Um, this will be the last thing I say, honestly, for 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 I guess this, but I, I honestly don't think no one. I think no one's going to be fine. 
Uh, and that's that's is that might be a bold statement to make, but I think they'll be okay. I think they're going to run it out. I think they're going to do well. And yes, this chip on the shoulder has more turned into like a, a tragedy for the team. But I just I don't know. I, I I think I think what you have to realize is these kids are grown men who have kind of I mean, it's grown men more than any other school in in tabs at this point, and and they have college offers and stuff like that. These guys know what it's like to play under pressure, and this is just more pressure for them. So. Something to prove. It might be out of my words at this point, but I don't know. I, it's, a, it's a lot, y'all. It's a lot. No, you bring up a good point. <clears throat> I'm very, I'm now very interested to see if the Diocese of Fort Worth has gotten involved with this, which is the Catholic Church. I'm going to do some more digging tomorrow, figure it out if it's only no administration or if the diocese is reaching in and just what is going on. But this just simply was kind of our initial thoughts on this. Walker, do you have anything to close us out of this emergency podcast? I think we just have to also just stay tuned and see what comes out of this. Because, like, this is our live reaction. And, you know, maybe in a week from now, everything comes out of, like, actually what happens. And then it's everything that we thought happened is not. So we just kind of have to wait and see. But it, the what is it? The tea leaves kind of are showing this direction. And it kind of looks like that. No, and again, going around. I was going to say, uh, I'll let you talk, but, but you know, this is kind of a reason to stay tuned with us, by the way. Thank you all for a thousand followers. I, I would like to mention that real quick, just because, you know, that is important. We got a thousand followers on Twitter, and, and I'd really like to say that that's really just going to be a key part of this. We, we want to share as much information with you all as possible. The reason why we even feel so more into it now is because we're getting so much engagement back for you all, and we love how you all respond to the podcast and the rankings. So keep on doing that. And that's all I got to say. I, I, that's all I really got to say. I, I, I really genuinely think that, um, you know, this is going to be good and we're going to be able to actually share a lot more, you know, an informative stuff with these emergency podcasts that may be coming out about Nolan Catholic. No, without a doubt. And just remember, like Walker said, this is our gut reactions. Like we turned on the, the Zoom and we just started going. This is by no means solid fact and truth of the matter. This is just our knee-jerk reactions to seeing this article. So again, if you're watching this and you made it to this point, embrace debate in the comments. State your point of view. We want to hear from you. We want to hear all sides of the story from what's going on. But that is actually all we have for this emergency podcast. We will keep you updated. This story continues to break because it is the biggest news we have heard in TAPS so far. But now we will look at our rankings changes or the updates from last week to this week. Starting with D1, uh, nobody moves here. It all stays the same. I mean, everyone performed about how they expected to. Obviously, you still see Parrish at the top, no one right behind them. But yeah, that, that's... That's D1. Everything stays the same. I mean, everyone performed how they expected. I mean, it, it is what it is. The, I want to say one thing real quick. If you're wondering, which I think people are going to look at this and wonder why that they didn't really move up. Uh, well, I, I remember talking about this earlier. Where you can look at that right now from what I said earlier. That Midland to Antonio Prep, Antonio Prep drop-off is so like – like it's it's a crazy drop off to how different those two teams are. Midland is such a different team from Antonian Prep, and I think people need to realize that. And then you also have to realize Houston St. Thomas and Prestonwood. Like, although Houston St. Thomas wins right here, they can't just jump up Prestonwood. Like it's it's so tight knit. Like from that seven up, but that but the, that seven drop off is so significant. That's all I really want to say. But love it. Yeah, there's a there's a pretty nice natural break from seven to eight in our D1 rankings. But moving on to D2, Regents sits atop again. DC continues to move up after that loss to Trinity Christian Addison. 
Um, they're going to continue to win out through this entire district. I mean, that's just how it is. D.C. plays in a much lighter district in D2. Second Baptist drops to uh, number three after that close performance against uh, the Woodlands that we weren't expecting. Again, nothing. That's all that there is. There's there's nothing major here. Um, moving D.C. up one and Second Baptist down one doesn't make a big uh, change in the scheme of things. The better teams will win out regardless. Uh, Fort Worth Christian is still knocking on the door right outside. I think they might have the talent to play with some of the teams on this list. It's just I can't justify putting them in at one and six. I mean, there's just no way to do that. And now moving into our D3, D4 rankings, uh, one through four stays the same. Grace Pep sits atop at six and zero. Oh. We see two new movers into the top six. Shiner St. Paul moves to number five. Bay Area Christian moves to number six. Trinity Christian out of Lubbock falls to number seven after that loss against Lubbock Christian. And Lake Country Christian moves into no the number 10 spot at with a four and three record. Um, I mean, Walker, I'll turn to you. There, there's a little more shakeup in the D3, D4 rankings than anywhere else. Uh, Lake Country moves into number 10. Weatherford Christian falls out. What are your thoughts in the, the shaking and moving in D3, D4? Yeah, I think it, I think we did it really well. You know, the whole like Weatherford Covenant, Lake Country situation of like, all right, who's they've all won and lost to each other. And you're like, all right, who do you put in and who do you put out? But, you know, I think just Lake after I believe, uh, Lake Country, you know, just had a good week last week. I think we just – it's the better team to put in there for that 10th spot. And, you know, they beat Weatherford 27-0. I think it, they deserved it. They, you know, they were chirping us a little bit last week. But I think they finally do deserve that 10th spot. Um, and I just – it's going to be interesting to see that Covenant versus Lake Country game later in the year. It's going to be a very good one to watch. But I think overall uh, the 1 through 10 I think is pretty dang good. Yeah, for sure. Ryan, you have anything extra to add? D three D four rankings. Uh yeah, I'm right there with you. We're 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 just so we're we're trying to make sense out of the whole covenant lake country weatherford thing. I, I'm sorry, y'all. Like we we're trying our hardest to figure that out. Um, but everything else I think looks good. I, I agree with everything else. Uh Trinity Christian Lubbock, I mean, you, you know, we, we figured it out. We figured out that Lubbock Christian is that team. We figured out Trinity Christian Lubbock's not the same playing field. And yeah, I I think Barrier Christian and China St. Paul deserve the bump. Yeah, uh, if y'all could all stop upsetting each other in D3, D4, that would make our jobs a lot you easier, and we, we would what? all appreciate it. Actually, I don't have anything to say, because all you picked ex – I picked exactly how I thought all y'all would do this week. So, I guess I'm just, you know, I'm just I'm just a mind reader, I guess. I guess. I guess. I'm going to skip over that comment. Okay. Uh, top 10 for SBC, uh, ESD obviously sits top. We see Houston St. John's moving to the number two spot for the first time this year. Kincaid moves down to number three. Uh, John Cooper moves up to number four. All by the way, these rankings are all just an absolute mess after the past week. But Dallas St. Mark's moves down to number five. Bel Air Episcopal moves up to number six. Fort Worth Trinity Valley moves up to number six. Cistercian out of Irving moves down to eight. Houston Christian moves down to nine. And Fort Worth Country Day moves up to 10 after Oak Ridge falls out of the top 10. Whew. Okay. A lot of movement, a lot, lot of movement in the SBC. Um, but to be honest, it all seems very practical. ESD sits atop with 8-0. Uh, St. John's, the only other undefeated team, is number two. And then everyone else just kind of rises and falls based on where they win or lose. I mean, Walker, I'll start with you. A lot of movement, but, I mean, is anything, like, really, really standing out here? No, I think, like, you know, especially with SPC, you see people finally, like, um, how do I say this? Just, like, 
kind of playing each other now, then you kind of have like a view of it. You know, Kincaid like was they didn't really lose, but they kept it close with Bel Air, who's one and six this year. I believe that's the game that they played, correct? Correct. It is. Right. So like that's I I've been telling y'all, man. I think that Bel Air team is really really good. They just don't have offensive production, losing their star quarterback class this year. So you, it was how do you function with out without an offense? And they've kept it close with everyone, but they just can't go over the hump of getting that win. So that's why I moved them up, I believe, just one spot. And then Trinity Valley was nine, but now they're seven because they beat Cistercian, who was, I think, above like two above them, and they moved down. It was a nonsense in SPC, but they're finally playing each other. You see where everyone is, and it's logical. Um, Someone commented that uh, Oak Ridge was number 10 and they beat like country day, like, like really well. And we didn't have them in that 10 spot and that, yeah, that's just, it is what it is. We forgot kind of in a little bit, but yeah, we put them in that 10 spot. They're a better team and they deserve to be there. Um, But yeah, overall, I think it's pretty well ranked. Um, That game this week though, number one versus number two, we'll talk about later. That's a good time matchup. Very excited for that. Ryan, your real quick thoughts on SBC. Honestly, you know, I, I think it's pretty set in stone, well, like how it is. I mean, BSD is the only one that didn't move, so I can't really say set in stone, but you you, you can't get mad at, mad at us for how we moved it. It's, they just start playing each other now. Like, it just makes more sense. But the only thing I'll say is that Kincaid-Houston St. John's thing, like, you know, Kincaid is just that team that, like, you really don't know how they're playing. They have the stars and stuff like that with, like, Dylan Bell and all that. But, like, you just don't know how they're playing. Um, I look, you think that Dallas St. Marks is probably going to top John Cooper by the end of this year. Um, just because, like, you know, they lost this week, whatever. But, I mean, I think they're going to win. They're probably going to win against Bel Air Episcopal. And it doesn't seem very, like, a hard season for them at this point. But, I don't know. I, the rest of this is just kind of set in stone. That's kind of all I have to say about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty simple. Um, you know, it is what it is. And moving into our top 10 overall rankings, I'm just going to go through really quickly who moves up and who moves down just for, for lack of time. We see Prestonwood Christian move up to number seven. St. John's moves up to number eight after their 7-0 performance. DC slots in at number nine at six and one. Kincaid falls down three spots to number 10 after the close game against Bel Air. And Second Baptist falls out of the rankings. So, you know, you can you can find the rest of them on the screen at our Twitter, go let us know uh, what you thought we got right. Probably a lot of you will say what we, you thought we got wrong. We'll see. It is what it is. We, we like creating conversation, gauging where the rankings are at. But now we move into our final section, which we will move through rather quickly as we're running out of time. Um, games of the week. Really quickly, I'm going to be at Dallas Christian at Grace Community on Friday covering my alma mater and seeing what kind of talent DC has. And uh, really quickly, here's my thoughts. Grace Community is going to shock the world and keep this game within 65 points. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, no, okay. no. DC is yeah, okay. going to beat Grace most likely very, very handily. I mean, it is what it is. Grace isn't great this year. DC is very good. I'm excited to be down there, uh, be back in Tyler. Haven't been home in a while. Really excited to cover them. But we'll see. We'll see what DC is really about and if Grace can put up any kind of a fight. But our first game of the week, 
uh, Midland Christian, who is five and two, two and two in district at Fort Worth All Saints, who is three and three and two and two in district. Uh, two teams in very similar positions will meet this Friday. Both are two and two in district. Midland coming off the 42 to six shellacking of JP2 out of Plano and All Saints coming off a 29 to seven loss at the hands of Nolan Catholic. Um, I think these two teams are about the same level talent wise. And I think this game is one in the trenches. If Fort Worth All Saints can drive back Midland's line into the second level, I think Brent Allfinger can get loose and that sets the tone for this game. If Midland's front seven gets in the backfield, I think All Saints is going to have a lot of trouble. I also think home field advantage is going to play a huge role here as Midland's going to have to drive all the way into Fort Worth. And in a game, this even, I think that makes enough difference. Give me Fort Worth All Saints in a close one. Uh, Walker, your thoughts on Midland at Fort Worth All Saints? This is a, actually a really, really good matchup. Um, I would love to see what who won last year. Like that would actually be really interesting. 21 20. Uh, who won last year? Actually, Midland won 28 to 14 last year. Huh, interesting. Um, you gave you got all saints, you know. I a kinda, close one, a cl- it is a close one. It's gonna be really, really close. Um, you know what? I'll, you know what? I'll back my boys in in town. I'll go forward with all saints with you. I, I think that's actually gonna be really close. I, I really like Brant Alfinger, I like that defense. I mean, the fact that they held Nolan to 29 points is very, very impressive, and you have to take that into consideration. I would love to see what they're gonna do at quarterback. If they, I mean, maybe it was like a, they got hurt like first play of the game and then like they had to put it in and they didn't know what to do. I would love to see if they would maybe like run Wildcat with Brandt. That would be fun. That would be very, very interesting. But uh, give me all Saints in this one. Completely agree. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts, Midland at Fort Worth, all Saints. So I, I, I'm going to, you know, I, I split the table last week when y'all were 2-0, and uh, when y'all both said, when you said love you, love a Trinity Christian, and I said love a Christian, I was correct. So how would I do it again? No. Um, and and I think it's I think it's in my head here, it, it goes more along the lines of Midland's coming in here, and I, I, I trust me, I am so I agree so much about the bus ride more than anybody else does in this entire thing. But you have to remember Midland's used to the bus ride. It's kind of like a normal thing for them at this point. Like they always um, have to travel. Other teams don't always have to travel. So they kind um, of are used to it at this point. Also, I want to bring up the fact that I think they have something to prove here because I, I'm, I'm already kind of going to call it next week. I, I want to back up Prestonwood if they have quarterback and running back back um, because, you know, those guys are still hurt. Both are they're still good. McGuire Martin, I think is still hurt. I could be wrong about that, but if, if, if they don't have those guys, I'm back in Midland again. I think this Midland team is actually pretty solid, but and I'm really excited to see what how that Prestonwood game uh, goes out the following week, but they have to beat All Saints this week. If they want to prove themselves as the second seed and get a bye in District 1 now that Nolan Catholic basically is like done for at getting the second seed, you got it. You have to beat All Saints, and you got to beat Prestonwood next week. So it starts with All Saints this week, and it's going to have to happen. I have Midland Christian. Well, that can means the Christian's going to win this game. Yeah, so. can I switch mine now? Is that no, allowed? no, 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 no? That that that's locked. We're we're losing oh. together. As as Ryan will probably waltz into another undefeated week. Uh, <laughs> these, these games are a lot harder this week. I'll let you know that right. Completely now. agree. Second game of the week: Southwest Christian at Fort Worth Christian in a huge rivalry game. And I would be doing a disservice not to let Walker intro this one. So so take take this game away. 
Ryan, I want to, I'm going to give, I'm going to need an assist a little bit from you to just tell me a little bit about fourth Christian a little bit, but this is a good matchup, man. You know, they're finally like fourth Christian, you know, kept it actually really dang close with TCA Addison last week. I mean, closer than a lot of people have in the past couple of weeks. What was the score? It was 33 to 20. So it was a 13 point game, two score game. I mean, that was better than uh, what we did. Yeah, right? Yeah, we lost 33 to 7. So, I mean, it is a closer game. Um, you know, Fourth Christians finally being the team that everyone kind of expected them to be. And they're finally kind of healthy. And it shows in the kind of scores and all of that. Ryan, you want to talk about Fourth Christian a little bit more? It is so crazy how good this team is for being one and six. It is, it's almost actually insane how good they are for being one and six. It's now you're, you're going to look at these losses, especially this, this, the loss on September 3rd, which looks atrocious to Bishop Lynch by 20. That looks horrible. Right. And, and honestly, Bishop Lynch is not great, but Cypress Christian too. Yeah. uh, And and the Cypress Christian, I, I mean, you look at that kind of stuff, but, I don't know, y'all. I, I, and if and if I have to pick first, shoot, I'll pick first here. I'll pick first here because, I mean, y'all apparently want to follow me at this point. But even after seeing Fort Worth Christian play and how they beat Legacy, it just – it almost shapes up to be at this point that they're kind of just going to give up. I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's a really harsh way of saying it when I really feel like Fort Worth Christian – like I've already said rivalry games are different, but like it just – it would just make more sense to me that like Fort Worth Christian has kind of already kind of said to themselves like, Hey, you know, we're probably right on the edge of not even making uh playoffs at this point. Um, you know, we beat legacy, but can we really turn it on right now? We just played a non-district opponent at TCA Addison in the middle of district. Um, we lost by 13 again. Is it really happening for us? And that's why I've sat with Christian. Don't get me wrong here. This is literally the best one in six teams I've ever seen in taps in my entire life. But it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just how it is. It really is just how it is. So I have Southwest Christian here, but it, it's, it's not to discredit Fort Worth Christian at all. They're just kind of going through a tough season. So this is the most nervous I've ever been picking a five and two team to beat a one and six team. Um, I like Southwest Christian in this game because I think Southwest Christian's a better team, but not nearly by as wide of a margin as a five and two team should be over one and six team. This screams trap game in every facet of the word trap game, which is two words, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's inexplicable to me. How does, how does Southwest lose to TCA by 12 or uh, no, no, no. How, how does Fort Worth Christian lose to TCA by 12 and, and Southwest loses them by, I can't do math. What is that? Uh, too much. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot more than 12, <laughs> 20. I think 20 something. What's, what's 33 minus seven? I can't do math. 26. 26. I just, that's that how... private, that's that private school education right there. Good job. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have, it, I, I don't have not Excel. I don't have Excel open in front of me. I can't do basic exactly. math. That's how, exactly. that's how business and econ majors work. Mm-hmm. But I mean, listen, yeah, I think, I think Southwest is going to win this game. I, Honestly, I mean, you you flip a coin you have sitting by you, and that's the chance that a team wins this game. I really do think it might be that close. Um, Walker, I'll, I'll let you I'll, I'll let you take the reins now on on your your school's rivalry. Yeah. Okay. So the thing about this game is right, and we kind of got the mention of Fourth Christian. I'm going to talk about my boys a little bit more. the t- the The part about this team, right, is 
they they hit you in the mouth and they keep doing it over and over. And they get they break one here and there to get that score, but they'll get you. They'll run the ball down your throat and you'll get four yards, maybe five yards, three yards, and they'll just slowly just just keep on pushing, right? Until later in the second and then later in the third and fourth, you're like, like, how can we keep up with this? And I think that's where they're going to win and that Fort Worth Christian is just going to get just a little tired over time and they're just going to get hurt and just beaten up on by this off the Southwest Christian offensive line and these running backs. Antoine Polk is a grown man and will run you over no matter who you are, no matter where you're come from. He will do that. And T- Tanner Zyman is the same way. He's just a little bit shiftier, so he might break your ankles while doing it. So then you have Tyson as well. And then if you want Mark Saunders on the in the backfield, if, uh, Luke Bellinger, I mean, uh, Graham Holster. Like, they have so many weapons with that offensive line. You know, Court Comer, Hunter Sage, John Talpit, uh, forgot the others. But, I mean, that that's a good – just run down your throat offense, and they're going to do that the entire game. And I think Fourth Christian is just going to get a little bit tired. But hey, I like this Fort Worth Christian team, and I think they're like I think Southwest Christian knows. Hey, this team is it's not like this team is bad just because they're one and six. They're they they got the players, and they can like they can scare us if they really want to. But I think they're going to come correct and poise into this game. And I think F- Coach Flowers is going to get point them in the right direction to win this game. Yeah, so what is that? We all pick Southwest here? Yes. So, you know, so it, Fort Worth Christian is going to backdoor win this game. No, they're not. No, I'm never wrong. So <laughs> That's a good point. If Ryan picked them, that means Southwest is going to win. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I this is the most une- – I'm not confident in my pick at all just because Fort Worth scares the dog out of me. But we'll see. I mean, it is what it is. Game number three, Cypress Christian at Brazos Christian. And right off the bat, I love this matchup. Two gritty D3, D4 programs battling out to see who owns this district. Uh, Brazos Christian is led by Texas A&M commit Levi Hancock, whereas Cypress Christian is led by number four ranked quarterback Maxwell Landrum. Don't tell me you can't find talent in taps in the lower divisions like D3, D4, because if you say that, then you're just lazy. I mean, it's just a fact. Uh, I think speaking of that, actually, uh, our Covenant Christian boy, NL Etta, just got offered by Utah while recording. So congrats to him. Let's go. Easy work. Carry on. (laughs) But but just I think if the Brazos defense can keep Landrum's receivers in front of them and if they can bring pressure and make him uncomfortable, they'll win this game. But if they allow Landrum a clean pocket to throw out of, this could get out of hand and he could pick them apart. However, I'm not betting against the hometown team here in a matchup this close. Give me Brazos. Give me the college station, Brian, boys, and this one in a close game. I love Brazos Christian. Walker, like, like basically this team, like I mentioned, is our child. Your thoughts on Cypress at Brazos Christian? Yeah, I'm going to give the hometown team some love, too. I really like this team, man. Uh, you know, when I went and watched uh, when covered uh, Levi getting his, uh, you know, Ford Tough Player of the Week award a couple uh, – last week or whatever and you know uh he coach Hoffmeyer was like hey we got a good one coming up versus cyprus you you might have to come look out and if i wasn't going to san antonio on friday for a game i would gladly be there but uh i really like this team man i think with levi coming in you saw them like earlier in the season play another d3 team in bay area and lose by three and that's without levi 
I mean, I think they can make the same amount of noise this week against uh, Cyprus. And I, you know, always like Ryan says, don't bet against the hometown team. And I'm not betting against them. So uh, up to you, Ryan, now. Ryan, do not pick Cyprus Christian. He's going to pick Cyprus Christian. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Oh, I'm going to pick it Cyprus Christian. Um, it's kind of weird how that works out, right? It's kind of weird how you just take another loss like that, right? You know what I'm Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, no, What's honestly, your pick? Yeah, no, Cyprus Christian. It's, it's Cyprus Christian. It's, it's pretty obvious at this point that I'm, I'm picking Cyprus Christian. I mean, it's like it's – like, I mean, it's Coach Hogan. L-L-L-L-L. Yeah, no, actually, actually, that's my quote from all of last year. Uh, last year when it came to the podcast, if y'all have been with the podcast for a while at this point – we when we started off, we started right during like you know uh, playoff season last week and I, uh, last year, and I basically just kept saying Chris Hogan, Chris Hogan, Chris Hogan. That's kind of how Wes and Walker got to know who I was was just me backing Chris Hogan. So you know what? I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna back up Chris Hogan again here, and I'm going Cypress Christian. Um, not to say that Brazos isn't the best A and M best uh, team right next to A and M, but. I hope everybody remembers, by the way, Levi Hancock is the all-around best athlete of all time who's going to A&M as a long snapper. So keep that in mind, by the way, when you realize about how good this Brazos team, Christian, Christian team is. I have Cypress winning by a touchdown or less, to be honest with you. So I have it close, but I'm, I'm going Cypress Christian. Why can't I have one nice pick? Why, why are you going to come in so and ruin fun. all of our picks? So much fun, y'all. I'm glad, hey, I'm glad we started this podcast. Think of it. Think about it, right? Reverse psychology. He loses. We're up to picks this these five games. Oh, yeah. Woo. Me and you both know that's not going to happen. All right. We got one more. Well, we got two more games. Right? All right, here we go. Okay. Two, two more picks. I'll, I'll rush through them, even though I'm distraught. Hard to rush through this game, though. St. John's at ESD. Two 7-0 SBC teams that are both 3-0 in district. And yet again, two, another matchup that features two teams with almost identical resumes. I mean, this will be the game that sees who wins the SBC for a regular season. Both teams are obviously fantastic. We knew that about ESD coming into the season. St. John's had to open our eyes along the way. Um, this will most likely depend on if ESD can limit John Purdue on the ground. I mean, we've seen the damage that the kid can cause when he gets going on the ground. And if he starts to run loose, it's going to be a lot for ESD to handle. I'm going to stick to my maxim that I don't pick against St. John's until they prove me wrong. So give me St. John's and what I guess would be considered an upset in this battle for SBC for a regular season title. Uh, Walker, are you are you gonna back my sentiment that I'm not betting at St. John's until they prove me wrong? You know what? I'm gonna go with our Houston boys. I'll go Houston St. John's in this one. This could be completely wrong, but I really like this team. You know, looking into them more, they got some good players. Um, but it will be interesting to see how St. John's will block Chase Kennedy. Chase Kennedy is a true power five like talent. He's a good, good player. You have a lot of great talent on the offensive line, defensive line, quarterback everywhere for that ESD team. So don't get it twisted. This is going to be a tough matchup for St. John's to win. But I back my guys. I think they're going to be a good team. They're going to win this. And it's going to be shown because being real, this is a matchup during the season that will happen again in the state championship. And honestly, to be like being real, I think this is going to be the state championship matchup in season uh, unless Kincaid can get there too. But I think this this is the game for the state championship because I think St. John's is better than Kincaid being real. So 
Yeah, no, I Game completely on. agree. I mean, our power rankings reflect that. I do think this will be a matchup that we'll see again in state championship. Ryan, St. John's – wait, you just picked St. John's, didn't you? I did too. Let's see what he does. What are you, what are you going to pick? Keep in mind, y'all, I, I hope the podcast – like people that are listening to this, I, I have these all planned out before. Like, I, oh, I, don't, no. I, I know what I'm picking before no. I, I get to my third pick, right? So – is and I'm gonna I'm gonna get background on this by the way I'm not just gonna say it. Well, first off I want to say I, I completely agree with Walker I think Walker's completely correct this is the state championship preview and this is what's gonna happen and honestly this game could be different in the state championship seeing as they've already played each other with all the guys that as, as, if no one gets hurt this is who it is right this could be the state championship game however the ESD resume is just so good y'all it is so good uh. I want to first off say this. Uh, you, they started off the year getting a nice 32-point victory, doubling the score of their opponent. Very, very good game. But then they beat T.C. Addison, who we, we've learned at this point is just such a dog. And T.C. Addison is almost right there with the D, D1 best teams. And they beat them by 14 points and hold the, and held the Trinity Christian Addison to only 14 points. That is insane to me. They also beat Walker School of Southwest Christian by 18 points. That's a lot as well. I, if you want to keep going down the list, if we say Bel Air Episcopal is so good, then they still beat them by nine. Kincaid, they beat them by 10. I mean, they have beaten everyone. They're, they're coming off of a win against Houston Christian of 50-7. to seven. They're, they're, they're all gas, no breaks type of team, and I did not see them losing this game. And, and, and it's a home game. It's a home game for ESD again. They thrive at home. You cannot tell me that this game is not going to be just another showing of how good ESD is. I have ESD. Okay. What's response me picking anymore look okay i agree my the logical choice might be esd for all the reasons you did so good job on you but you gotta back the boys and they got me and i got them no matter what that's how you do it in this league even though it probably will not well, i'm not gonna say that i'm not gonna say it, i'm not gonna speak into existence uh, my bad. but my, hey my, my bad for not backing the boys I hey guess. you said I'm all gas i just like i just like going 15 and uh, hey you said all gas no breaks right that's what you said right well, we know another team in the state of Texas that uses that model all the time, and they've lost the last two games by double-digit leads. So, including to your college team. So, the all-gas, no-break squad sometimes don't work out. So, that's going to happen again this week. Do not compare college football to private school football, bro. <laughs> I don't know guess. why I even make picks anymore. Last game. Houston Second Baptist, 6-1, and 2-0 and in district, travels to Houston Lutheran South, who is 6-1 and and 2-0 and in district. Uh, this is, quite frankly, another very hard game to pick as we see what it is. Honestly, I'm going to keep it short and sweet here. I think Second Baptist has a ton of talent, but that 10-point game against the Woodlands Christian Academy worries me slightly. Because of that, I'm going to pick another upset here and say Lutheran South will win this game in a nail-biter. Uh, Walker, please, for the love of God, pick Second Baptist. Oh, my God, you're going to pick Lutheran South, aren't you? I'm going through – I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Gosh, can no one think anymore? You know what? No, no. You know what, Ryan? You go first. No, I mean, this is – this is different, y'all. I, ha I have to have y'all realize that I literally, just to prove to y'all, no. just, just to prove to y'all that I did it before, I wrote it down just on the sticky note right here. I hope it can say, it says Second Baptist. I, 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 It's like, you know, I write this stuff down just so I can prove that I'm not just picking against West at this point. And mm. it's, 
And by the way, this has to be the best week of best week of like game so far. Last week was kind of like, you know, you knew who's going to win kind of thing, which is why my record was so like, you know, like well last week. I'll never go 15 or no again. That's just kind of random. And we joke about it, but it's not going to happen again. This week is a lot different of matchups. However, I want to say this game, Second Baptist using Lutheran South. I said it earlier when we talked about Second Baptist that law that that win by ten points is just not who they are. That's not the team that they are. I think when you when you come back to it, uh, Houston Second Baptist is going to learn that this is that that's not an accept like the the the, the kids are going to learn that it's not an acceptable way to play Second Baptist football, and they're going to learn that that's that's not how they do it at that school. And I I think what you're going to see is just an absolute like chip on their shoulder to prove to their coach and prove to everybody at their school that they are this team. They are the second best team in this uh, and like in that area, whatever. And I, and I think that they just, they come out and they put a game, they put a, they put a chip on their shoulder and they just come out and beat Houston Lutheran South. And they want to prove that they are that second team right behind Regents. They want to prove that they're right there with Regents. And, and honestly, I, I think they are. The 10-point win last week is not a representation. Our 11-point win yet last week against Williams is not a representation that they are. I think they're a much better team, and I think they proved that against Houston, Houston Lutheran South. Walker, please, please pick Second Baptist. I actually will be picking Second Baptist, and not because of Ryan, because now I feel like how I feel how Ryan is of like, oh, you're picking against it. No, looking at the matchups they've had. Houston Lutheran South only lost the entire season is the Houston Christian who's two and six. They lost 15 to nine. Second Baptist beat Houston Christian that the next week, 41 to seven. I mean, and then they had a better win against uh, Concordia Lutheran and all. And I think that's the only two other matchups they played. They have better wins against the same opponents by therefore I'm going to pick second Baptist to win this. I think they're the better team. I, I agree with Ryan. I think last week, they were a little behind on, you know, how they play, and that's not really how they truly play. But I, I really like this team, and I think they're going to win outright against Lutheran South this week. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Those are all good points. I'm very, <laughs> very happy that you did not pick – that you did not pick uh, Lutheran South because that meant that Ryan would have gotten another free pick. But it is what it is. I th- That's – that's why I like these games so much because almost every single one of these games, you could flip a coin and, yeah, no, and that, it, that's who you pick. Maybe with the exception of Southwest and Fort Worth Christian, which I'm still not confident, but like all these games, incredibly close, really good matchups. But including that, including that DC Grace game, by the way, that one's really close one too. I said, we're going to shock the world. So <laughs> by the way, if you skip to this point, shock the world means Grace keeps the game within 65. I'm not saying they're going to win, but if Grace does win, I will, I will say that I said that, but I mean, barring any additional comments from either of y'all, I mean, that's a chock full episode, a lot of news, a lot of rankings. Um, I think it went well. I think there's a lot of ground that we covered and we'll be able to circle back next week and see what we got right and what we got wrong. But all that being said, this has been another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. I've been a 30-year hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. Walker Lott, Ryan Schroeder have always as excellently been themselves. I took over my words there. But we will see you in the next episode. See you later.